Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to the Journey with Stephanie radio show. And I am your host, Stephanie Gerard. Welcome once again. Thank you to all the listeners tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. We just, I just love doing this show. And I just greatly accept all of the love and the attention and just sending it right back out to everybody. Let's see. Today is Tuesday, September 7th, 2021. I can't believe it. We're already into September. And we are still at the crest of the beginning of the new moon in Virgo. So this is exciting. So everyone... We are in a special time of manifesting. And in the sign of Virgo, Virgo is real interesting. And the ruling planet for Virgo is Mercury. And at the end of this month, we have that infamous three times a year event called Mercury Retrograde. And with Mercury Retrograde, what this means is that information and lessons come back around again. And it's sometimes convenient, sometimes a headache. But the beautiful part is we get to revisit and reapproach lessons and details and things we have overlooked by choice or by chance. Mercury says, hi, no, we're still here. Pay attention. Here we are. So anyway, because it's a new moon, it's a perfect, perfect night for a radio show. So for everyone listening, listen. I have a great guest tonight. And for those of you who have been following me for the last few months, three, four, five months, who knows, I have been featuring a different healer or reader, someone, some, uh, you know, just a person with genuinely authentic, wonderful gifts. And they've piqued my interest in some way, shape, or form. And so my guest tonight before I introduce him. He came to me by way of a mutual acquaintance, as everyone does, and it was fun to connect, and we started just jibber-jabbering right away and swapping stories about our healing, the different type of healing modalities. And we found there was some similarities and, of course, some differences. So before we get started with that, I just wanted to share with everyone that my website is journeywithstephanie.com and the website of my guest, we're going to have him introduce that. So here we go. My guest tonight is Michael Ferraro and he is a Reiki master and an intuitive healer. And he's from a place that I just came from a couple of years ago, down south in the great Pacific Northwest. So let's welcome Michael. Hi, Michael. How are you? Hey, Stephanie. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Oh, cool. Good, good, good. So tell us, whereabouts are you in the, besides the Pacific Northwest? <laughs> uh, I live in... Uh, <laughs> Edmonds, Edmonds, Washington. Um, it's probably about uh, 20 minutes north of Seattle. Um, uh-huh. Pretty cool little town. I've been here for about uh, 10 years. Um, living, uh, living in a cool little neighborhood with my wife, and I've got uh, four dogs, two cats, two tortoises, and three chickens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
it's pretty it's pretty busy even though we don't have any children we are uh we are definitely busy every single day so it's uh it's pretty crazy but it's a it's a beautiful area i love it oh that's just that sounds exciting and so you have a little farm going on yeah yeah it's a little mini one um my wife wants to get uh uh goats and and um <laughs> goats and pigs and llamas and all that kind of stuff so uh, well, we'll see how that goes in the future. <laughs> we need a little bit more land, though. We're just on a small, you know, typical little suburban neighborhood at the moment. So maybe when we get some more property, we can actually look at that, you know? Oh, that's super cool. You know, once upon a time, when I was still living in Washington State, um, another fr- a friend of mine who does readings as well, some of you know him, Doug Johnston, we would do readings once a week at a bakery in Tacoma. And so on one of the those days, it was a beautiful summer day. I was driving from Puyallup to Tacoma, and I was taking the 705 and got off at the stadium exit. And there at the top of the exit, I was getting ready to turn right. And I looked straight ahead, and it's this very steep hill. And there's condos, and, you know, they keep building and rebuilding stuff. Anyway, it was this grown-over brush, and it had just been completely let go for quite some time. And anyway, I look ahead and here's all these road workers. And it's like, okay, they're getting ready to do something. And then here we go. I see goats. And there's goats all (laughs) over this hill. They had like six or seven goats up there. And these goats were just in food heaven. And mowing the lawn. (laughs) Absolutely. They were mowing the lawn and it was the cutest thing. But and it was one of those things of where's my phone? I need to take a picture. And then it's like, no, I got to drive. But it was adorable. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Oh, yeah. It was it was just precious and sweet. So, golly. um, So besides your healing, what else have you done in your life? I understand that you like music. What can you tell yeah. us about your passion for music? Um, I grew up playing the piano. Uh, started when I was probably, I don't know, maybe like seven, eight years old. Uh, started taking piano lessons. Um, did really well with that. I started uh, actually like writing my own music and, and uh, doing all the notation and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, got into playing drums um, you know, in a typical high school band, I played keyboards in a high school band, but, uh, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't like, um, band in high school, but it was, you know, just a couple of buddies, um, that kind of thing, uh, playing parties and things like that. But, uh, as I got older, um, the drumming really kicked into gear when I was in my early twenties, uh, I was living in San Diego at the time. And that's when I actually bought my first drum kit. So I kind of transitioned from keyboards to drumming and then um, just absolutely fell in love with it. Uh, I ended up moving from San Diego to Colorado, where I spent a lot of time growing up in uh, Littleton. And then from there, I moved to Seattle in 2000. And I moved for music specifically in 2000 when I came here and uh, ended up uh, meeting with some amazing musicians. And uh, we formed an alternative band. Um, we were together for about five years, almost got signed to a label out of New York. Uh, it was a smaller label, but they were big enough to where they had their own tour buses and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. But um, uh, the band, unfortunately, ended up breaking up uh, because of uh, just some drug issues with the lead singer, unfortunately. But um, uh, so we ended up 
breaking up at that point. And then I ended up doing some 80s, 80s covers. I was in an 80s cover band for about a decade. And we stopped probably about three or four years ago, but we were a seven-piece band. Um, it was absolutely amazing, super fun. We played in pretty much every single major venue in the Seattle-Tacoma area, went a little mini tour into, like, Montana, stuff like that, and then uh, played some casinos and uh, you know, did a lot of corporate shows, things like that. But it was uh, super fun. So, yeah, music's been a big part of my life for a long time. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. You know, I love music as well, um, but of course I don't, not at your capacity, not at your level. I grew up in a family, <laughs> I know, I grew up in a family where um, my father was a military brat. His dad started out um, in the Army, and he was in the Army during the last year of the horse cavalry. And so he rode horses. Wow. And then when the army said, okay, that chapter is finished, my grandpa said, well, okay, then I'm finished too. And he became a Marine. So uh, my my dad and his mom and siblings lived overseas in Germany for six years. And it just, you know, that was the time of my dad's life. And uh, due to my dad's own illness, he had rheumatic fever a couple of times in his life. Um because of that, he was unable, the military wouldn't let him in. So anyway, the songs, my dad was all about all kinds of songs. We would listen to German music. Then we would listen to Monks of Western Priory, because at one point, he actually had gone into Mount Angel Seminary in Mount Angel, Oregon. And he was mm -hmm. in there for one, for one year. And it was interesting. So, um, So he brought that... And, and then he would hear this new music, you know, oh, my God, he'd bring home, you know, the the good old-fashioned LPs. I got the newest Dolly yeah. Parton album, Love is Like a Butterfly, and we're like, who's Dolly Parton? You know, we didn't know. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but um, but my my mother also had a love for music. So both my parents came from the Midwest, dad born in Kansas, mom born in Missouri. Both families migrated west to Oregon out to Salem, Oregon, and that's where I was born. But um, my mother was the youngest of seven kids, and she was seven years behind the sixth kid. So her, wow. her mother at that time was almost 40 when she had her, so mom was clearly the menopause baby, right? But, um, but because life had been so, um, oh, what do we want to say, uh, constrained, dry, limiting my mother's taste in music was also off the chart she loved her motown she loved all kinds of tunes and so it was herb albert and the tijuana brass um so it was oh, wow. cool to yes yeah, so it was cool to grow up around music and so we always had music around so being familiar with artists was more of our thing which was cool so I loved it also because it really does change a person's vibration. Music is amazing, and that's one thing even in my healing practice at present. I will suggest to people, you know, find your music. What is your song? You know, go out mm -hmm. to YouTube, turn on the radio, whatever the case might be. Find what makes your soul relax and breathe and get excited. So that's it's really cool. It's, it's magical what music does. And so in your position, I can't imagine the excitement and the thrill that must have been just to be playing in all those venues and events and uh, the adrenaline rush, right? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it, it's absolutely amazing. There's nothing that beats the exchange that happens 
uh, who beats, pun intended, um, <laughs> being a drummer. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, when you're up on stage and you're playing and, and, and everybody's involved, uh, you get that, that uh, just that exchange that goes back and forth. Um, it's, it's truly amazing and, and, and addicting. Um, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's one of those things that uh, really puts it into perspective as far as what it is that we're doing. And when you said energy and vibration, um, you know, that's, that's a big part of what it is that, uh, that I like to talk about. It's just like Nikola Tesla's quote, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And scientifically, mm-hmm. when you break it down, that's what everything is. And um, music being such a big part of that is, is huge. And it's, it's interesting, too, because I, I just recently spoke with um, uh, a woman that does singing bowl healing. And a friend of mine, oh. his, his name's Armando. He lives in uh, uh, Tucson, Arizona. And he introduced me to this uh, woman who does this amazing healing stuff and uses singing bowls specifically. Um, she has some other modalities as well. And uh, she's been doing it for a very, very long time. Uh, she's even written some books, some books about it as well. Um, but just in speaking with her briefly, um, she was talking to me about the fact that I'm a drummer. And she was like, you know, you can do some amazing healing work with just, just with drumming and intention. Um, and using, using your intention <laughs> and that vibration in drumming itself um, there's, there's something about that. And like when you think about native Americans and other, uh, other tribes and other peoples that use music for healing, um, it's, it's, it's truly amazing when you, when you really break it down and you look at what it is that happens with the power of intention. And then you put, you put that other frequency and vibration into it as well. It, it just empowers everything and amplifies everything. It's beautiful. It is, it is amazing and it's beautiful. It's wonderful. One friend of mine, she is a, she's a vocal artist um, out of Los Angeles, and she has she makes music. She you know she composes and she sings, and it's amazing to listen to because in my mind I wasn't first of all I wasn't familiar with you know that whole um, genre of work, and I was visiting her and her husband when they were living back east, this has been oh, four or five years ago. And it was amazing because they sat down together and composed this piece of music. And she plays the guitar, she plays the piano. There isn't much that she doesn't play, right? And mm-hmm. um, it was fascinating to watch them work together. And all she did, she went up to the piano, one of the several keyboards. <laughs> they have like, nice. I think, five or, five or six keyboards in different keys and such. So she chose the one keyboard she wanted, and she just plunked out like five or six notes. And then from there, they built this beautiful, almost orchestra-sounding Thing, this piece of music and then she got into her sound booth because no matter where they live she always has a sound booth and just it's meditative music though it's not so much <laughs> oh the lyrics are this and blah de blah de blah not that she hasn't done that she does she has but it was the humming and the meditation 
that was so powerful. And to have been a part of that, just witnessing it, and this went on for a solid three hours, which, you know, in in your world is probably the snap of the fingers. But for me, it was utterly fascinating to watch this one piece being built from start to finish. And it it was not only powerful, but also um, just the meditation part, just sitting there and allowing the different tones that she was singing, you know, humming and singing. And then Mm -hmm. the richness of her voice, it was very moving, especially through all of the energy centers. Afterwards, I felt, you know, I mean, I couldn't come down off that cloud for the rest of the evening. I was up till probably (laughs) two in the morning. (laughs) But it really, um, it's amazing. It's powerful. It's seriously powerful. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, In your background, besides music, besides the moves and everything else, I understand you have also been in the service. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I was in the Navy, um, joined right after high school, worked on uh, the F-14 Tomcat, uh, loved Top Gun growing up. (laughs) So that was definitely part of it. Uh, My my whole family are uh, aviators. uh, my dad, my stepdad, my brothers, um, all pilots. Uh, one is a F-18 pilot, excuse me, <clears throat> one's an F-18 pilot in the Navy currently. Um, we've got another brother who is a uh, flight instructor for the Air Force and a Delta Airlines pilot. And then my stepdad was in the Air Force for 30 years, and he flew as well. Uh, and then my biological father was also uh, an aviator. Um so yeah, it's been uh, it's been in there for a while. Yeah, so I I decided to see if it was something that would interest me because I I was you know being a military brat like yourself growing up, I wanted to see if it was something that would interest me, and uh, I was so heavily into music that when my enlistment was up, I just went ahead and and got out because I I had the ability to reenlist and I, I was just like you know what I, I just I really want to play music so <laughs> I ended up getting out of the military so I could pursue that instead. It's cool. And so when we look at your life's building blocks, so you have this life that you've moved around and then your first first major building block, let's put it that way, is being in the Navy. And then from mm-hmm. there you build on the music. And mm-hmm. it's that's an interesting, you know, it, sometimes some people would be listening and asking, you know, well, who does that? Well, it's the creativity part. And yeah. what I like is, and it's not just the creativity, but it's the magic. It's also the magic of the gifts. So you have being in the military, and then we have the music, and then at present, this has all led you to what you do at present. Correct, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, And, um, yeah, expand on that. Yeah, would love to hear this. Okay, so uh, going, going way back, when I was uh, – much younger, probably about six or seven years old, um, I started having out-of-body experiences. And I, I didn't realize what was happening at the time when I would have them, but my body would go through a physical sensation. I would have a physical sensation that would happen where it would, I would kind of lose a uh, sensation of my arms and legs and all my, all my extremities. And then it would feel like my my body would sink through the mattress. Like if my mattress was 30 feet thick, I would sink all the way down to the bottom of the mattress. 
And I would just take a deep breath and I would just pop out. But it wasn't a, a typical out-of-body experience that you hear from other people where, you know, they're like, oh, I was floating in the room. I was floating at the ceiling, staring back at myself. And I, you know, started going through the house and looking at everybody. And there's my cat, and my dog, and blah, blah, blah. Um, when I popped out, it was, I was, <laughs> this is so weird. To this day, I'm still trying to, 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 to truly understand what it is that I was experiencing. But um, I, I, would, I would pop out of my body and I would be in a place where I was surrounded by all these other um, for lack of a better, better word, I'll call them spirits. Um, and we were all geometric shapes. It's as if, if you're familiar with Metatron's cube or sacred geometry, it's as if mm-hmm. we were all morphing in and out of all these different shapes. And we all had um, collective consciousness. We were, we were all able to understand and communicate instantaneously with one another. And I would pop up and basically say, hey, I'm, I'm here from my, my body. Here's my experience currently. And we would all just share information. There was no judgment. It was just kind of unconditional love, so to speak, you know, or, or, or I don't know. It's hard to explain. It was just we were all just there sharing our experiences. And there's bits and pieces of it that, are, um, that still kind of stand out, but the, the majority of it is pretty hazy now that I'm older because I mean I'm 47 now that was quite a long time ago so um and then uh I I would be there for a bit and then I would say okay I'm going to go back down to my body and then I would I would come down and that would be it um it it would happen probably I don't know maybe six eight ten times a year something like that and it happened until I started to hit puberty so probably around like 13 years old it started to subside and then it, it basically completely stopped. And when I was also growing up, I used to have a lot of paranormal experiences as well. I would have shadow figures that would dart in and out. Um, I would have things that I would talk to beings, entities, things like that. So that was also a big part of my life. <clears throat> so I was always into the paranormal growing up as well. And um, as I got older, most of that stuff subsided and it basically just kind of went on the back burner and became the type of thing where I was just, it was just an experience that was kind of cool. Um, If I was in a group of people and somebody brought up ghosts or something like that, I'd be like, Oh, I got some stories for you, you know? Um, And when I was 19 and in the Navy, I was sleeping in my barracks and all of a sudden I was, uh, you know, just getting ready to go to sleep. I was the only person in the room. I had one other uh, roommate, but he was out. And um, so I'm, I'm by myself and I'm, starting to go to sleep and I'm taking nice deep breaths. And all of a sudden I, I realized that my body, I started to feel that same sensation from back when I was a child. And I was like, Oh my wow. God, Holy crap. This thing is happening again that I started to feel back then. And I, and, and I was very open to it and I just kind of embraced it and kept breathing nice and deeply. And next thing I know, my body just started to disappear. And I, I remember specifically taking this one giant deep breath. And as I exhaled, boom, I shot out of my body but it was different this time. So instead of being in that space where I was with all those other spirits, I was in a complete black void and there was nothing. There was for down, no left or right, no stars, no, no sense of direction. And I, I didn't have a body. I was just a point of consciousness. And, you know, in, in saying that it might sound terrifying, but it was absolute unconditional love. It was the most amazing, most beautiful form 
of unconditional love that I've ever experienced in my entire life. And to this day, I can remember that feeling and that emotion. And that's one of the things that, that still powers me and drives me forward with everything that I'm doing, because in being human, no matter what you do, especially when you're in the esoteric arts and, and wanting to, you know, you're, you're, whatever it is that you might do, um, doubt creeps in and it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to doubt yourself, to doubt your abilities, have certain things that happen in your life that just make you go, what am I doing? You know, things like that. And it's, this experience is one of those things that leads me back to being able to empower myself and go, there is magic. Magic is real. It's absolutely 100% real. And this is, this is one of those experiences that I always go back to and remember. And some, some of the things that I remember specifically is, is I remember being in this space and just feeling this, un, it, it was truly unconditional love. It was, it was, God, it, it was so enveloping. And I remember specifically having the thought and thinking literally, almost verbatim, I am indestructible. I knew in my heart that nothing could hurt me and that mm-hmm. I was, I was timeless. I was forever. Um, I also knew that I could be any place in the universe instantaneously just by thinking about it. And I didn't do it because I was so overwhelmed with just the emotion of everything that was happening. The whole experience was so overwhelming. I was just enveloped by it and just experiencing it. But I remember having, having that specific thought that I could be anywhere in the universe instantaneously. And, and, and it was, it was a feeling of truth. It's, it's like, you know, if you put your hand over a flame and you go, ow, that's hot. And then somebody goes, no, it's not, it's cold. And you go, yeah, right. I know. I know. Cause I've, I've been there. I've done it. You know, nothing can take that truth away from you. It was, it was that kind of truth. It was that depth. Um, and I, I, I was just kind of existing there for, I don't know, it felt like maybe 10 or 15 minutes who actually knows what the actual time was. But then mm-hmm. I started to come back to my body and, um, I, I actually fought it. I was, I was like, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> this is too amazing. And, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it's, it's like whatever it was, the source, God, whatever you want to call it, that was giving me this experience. And I really truly feel like that it was a gift. I feel like that it was a gift to say, this is what you're going to be tapping into as you move along your life path. And you start to have these certain experiences, especially now that I'm older and I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, it's like, Hey, this, this is, this is what you're going to be remembering and, and feeling and, and uh, almost using as like the, uh, the motivation to continue to move forward, you know? Um, so it just, Absolutely. it just, it just, it, it just kept going from there. Uh, I came back into my body and was absolutely blown away. And literally every single night for two years, for the next two years, I tried to uh, recreate the experience. And I, I, I was working on breathing techniques. I was working on different types of music to listen to, to be able to help me be relaxed. I remember, you know, being in the, in the, in the uh, Navy, I was in a F-8 or F-14 squadron. I was uh, on the aircraft carrier and my, my birthing area where we slept, it was um, just underneath the, uh, the resting wires where the planes would land. It was super, super loud. So every time that I would go to sleep, um, I would uh, have headphones in 
and I would, I would listen to like Enigma was one of the big bands that I was into back then. Um, and, uh, so I would listen to a lot of Enigma and, you know, put myself into a meditative state and I, I, every single night I tried to put myself back and go and try to do it again and again and again. And it wasn't until I got out of the Navy and moved back to Colorado and I was living with uh, a buddy of mine and I met a guy, I was working at the uh, Denver jet center at the time. And there's a guy named Augie Nost and he's actually, um, uh, he's actually on YouTube now. Um, it's funny because he, he and I ended up talking a bunch. He kind of ended up becoming sort of like my, my guru at the time. Um, and, uh, we, we ended up talking a whole bunch just about spirituality, about extraterrestrials, uh, energy, things of that nature. And, uh, I told him about my experience with, uh, going out of my body and he's like, Oh yeah, absolutely. I can, I can definitely help you, you know, get back into that again. And, um, uh, in, in that process of talking to him, he, he taught me some breathing exercises and things of that nature that I ended up working on. And probably after about a few months, I was able to get myself back into that space um, to, to be able to, to feel that sensation. Um, unfortunately, I haven't actually been back to where I was originally with mm-hmm. that, in that, in that, that void, that, that singularity. I like to call it the singularity. It, it, just, it feels like it was, it was that, that, that point of God or source being able to say, Hey, this is what you want to strive for. Um, I haven't been back there since, but man, I, I've been working at it. I'd like to take just a moment here and for everyone listening, if you would like to book a session with Michael, Michael's website is, and correct me if I'm wrong, tetra-healing.com. Is that correct, yeah, Michael? Yeah. T-E-T-R-A-Healing.com. And if you would like to book a session with me, my website is journeywithstephanie.com. All right. So when we look at all of your experiences, Michael, and then we look at being you becoming a Reiki master, and by the way, I just wanted to share with everyone listening that if you're having a hard time remembering the websites and stuff, please refer to the links on the show page and you'll see our information there. So, Michael, tell us briefly, if you, if you can, about what brought you into being, becoming a Reiki master and it does look like we have a few people waiting to speak with us. So I would like to hear from you first because we've, we've, um, we're weaving all of these beautiful tools, all these experiences. And so what I like is that what Michael is sharing with everyone is when we become healers or whatever it is, whatever our gifts are, we don't have this cut and dry path of, oh, okay, I'm waking up as a newborn and I've decided this is what I'm going to do. And the path is straight and narrow, which as we know, (laughs) is never the case. It seems like we have to go around blocks and buildings in the world and countries and everywhere in between, you see. And it's the culmination of all of these experiences. So when we look at everything for you, Michael, what brought you into this present moment? What made you decide, okay, I, Michael, am going to do this? What brought you to that place? And what's it like? Um, can, we, can we make this thing another hour long? 
Oh, <laughs> we can have you back as a guest and we can, okay, how about the short, we'll do the three-minute right, right. version, I'll, how I'll about you, that? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you the cliff note version. Okay. Um, so uh, after meeting my wife and uh, getting into construction, I got into construction after the music thing ended up uh, with the original band that I was in, when that thing ended up falling apart, because that was my, my main focus, I got into uh, construction and worked in that for 17 years, um, about four years ago through now during this whole time. Okay. I guess I should backtrack a little bit. I got, I got attuned to Reiki right after I got out of the Navy and it was that out of body experience that was the big push for me to understand what it is with energy. And it, um, it resonated with me right away. And I went through all three of the different attunements uh, for Reiki level one, two, and three. And, um, and in that process, obviously I, I still got really heavy into music. So healing work was a little bit on the back burner. There's a whole nother story to that, that I can tell later at some other point in time, but um, <clears throat> getting to Seattle, getting into construction, uh, doing that whole situation. And then four years ago is when I, I had an experience with my wife's aunt and I was working on her back at a Christmas party, um, basically ended up helping to fix it for her. And in that process, there were some things that happened kind of energetically and mentally and emotionally for myself. And I ended up tapping in pretty, pretty big time, uh, went into to, to some meditations when I got home um, for a few days and uh, basically just connected to source God or whatever you want to call it and said, Hey, I, I feel like this is what I need to be doing. I need some direction and some guidance because I know that I still have a lot to learn. Um, and then from there, just life exploded. And it's, it, it's as if the universe just opened up and was like, oh, all right, bro, I hope you're ready. Um, <laughs> and it just, it just, it, it, it was, it was like a fire hose. Um, amazing mm-hmm. experiences, um, which I can get into at a later point in time, but that's kind of what pushed me forward into saying, okay, I, I have to do this for a living. I have to start helping people and in that process, helping myself because, you know, we're, we're all always constantly learning and growing and understanding that our darkness is a gift and it's something to learn how to transmute it and turn it into something beautiful and amazing and, and to work through all of the crap that we tend to just hold on to on a constant basis. And, and how do we transmute that and turn that into light and turn that into something positive and turn that into something that we can actually, um, you know, be able to, to look at ourselves in the mirror and, and say, I love you. You know, you're, you're awesome. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It sounds kind of cheesy, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely, yes, and I would just would like to share that I received an attunement, not an attunement, I received a Reiki treatment healing from Michael, and this has been, what, three or four months ago, something like that, April, Yeah, yeah maybe? I think so. yep. Yep. It's been a little while, and I have to say, first of all, I have, I know of others who um, do Reiki, and I just, I had never felt inclined to ask for a treatment, you know, in all honesty, simply because I didn't understand it. I didn't, I kind of had an awareness about it. I understand that it's healing, you know, with all due respect, I just had never delved into it. And Michael shared with me 
what it might be like in just a simple process. And it took about an hour and Michael just helped to facilitate, you know, now this is my interpretation, my perspective, but just moving the energy through my chakras from the crown down to the root. And afterwards I felt really great. And for a couple of weeks I felt amazing. And then pretty soon what started to happen is that the shell of the egg began to crack open. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, and what I love is that it, it, progressed into this really neat kind of a rebirthing and so from that point to the present there's been a lot of great things that have happened so anyway um i yes it is beautiful and i thank you again for that what a beautiful experience so i think we've got a couple of people waiting for us garrett awesome okay Yes, my dear. I'm trying to screen the other call who has a lot of noise on the background of their phone. We're going to get to Amala first. Ah, Here's the deal. If you call into a radio show to ask a question, we kind of need you to be waiting to ask the question. Okay. Amala, welcome to the show. You are live with Stephanie and her special guest, Michael Ferraro. Please go ahead, my dear. Hello. How are you? Great. How are you, Amala? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. I um. I was wondering if you can just kind of like scan my energy and if you could um. Maybe. What do I need to work on? I'm going through some really tough times, so to speak, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. Just going. I just was wondering any tools you've got that I uh, Angel Spirit has for me to to work on energetically with my body, heart. Okay. Well, let's see here. Um, I think what I will do is I'm going to, I will scan you and see what I see. I'll, I'll select one thing and then we'll have Michael do his thing as well. You know, he can help identify something. So what I'm seeing with you, Amala, um, understandably so is your aura, just looking at your energy field. And I am seeing lots of static. And when I see the outside of the aura, that's what I call it. It looks like plastic wrap, and then it's got little black staticky bugs on it. And so I'm seeing this not only on the outside of your aura, but on the inside as well. And I believe, I know that you're familiar with your crystals, you know, with your selenite, with your black tourmaline. Okay. And the other thing that I would suggest is to clear what we call your grounding cord. So when there's, when we talk about grounding into our, you know, into the earth star and to the divine star, clearing that cord from you, what is it, two or three feet into, into the earth. So I would suggest that because whatever your activities are during the day, it, it's kind of like right now you are a magnet and it's drawing all this stuff for lack of better words. So I would say that is the first thing. And, and then from there, so we're identifying your aura and your grounding cords. So I'm going to pass you to Michael and let's see what Michael sees for you. Okay. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Absolutely. Thank you for calling in. Yeah. Go ahead, Michael. Hi, Michael. Um, Hey, hey. Um, So one of the things that, uh, so you mentioned basically that you're going through all sorts of stuff, mentally, emotionally, physically. Yeah. Um, 
right now there's a lot of crazy energy going on just collectively all around the world. Um, it's, it's uh, kind of hitting everybody uh, all at the same time. Um, one of the things that I would suggest is trying to focus on as much love, forgiveness, and gratitude as yeah. possible. Um, yeah. those, those three energies alone, uh, and it's, it's really hard to have gratitude when you're in a uh, frustrating space or a <laughs> space where you're, you're, you're wondering what's going on and why things are going on in a certain way. Um, yes. Love is an extremely high vibration, and it doesn't mean that it's all about uh, unicorns and butterflies and stuff like that, but it's just <laughs> about being able to have self-respect, being able to understand your, yourself, what it is that you're going through, being able to set boundaries, um, yes. being able to understand where you are coming from so that yes. you can make sure that, that you are going along the path that suits you and that you are being honest about it and genuine, um, that, that alone will help to open things up into a point where you will start to feel more loving by being more genuine with yourself. And then in, in that aspect, you can start to have gratitude for the situations that seem like they have a lot of darkness, but in reality, they actually contain a lot of light when you're able to turn them around and change your perspective. Right. That makes sense. And actually what you triggered or what you popped up for me is the Honopono prayer. So that takes care of that with the I love you, I forgive you, I'm grateful, I'm sorry. Um, Oh, nice. I try to do that every night. Yeah, it's a Hawaiian prayer. It's just Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful. And I try to end my night with that. So that helps a lot. And um, I'm going to definitely do some grounding exercises. I usually do exercise before I go to bed just to clear it all out whatever's happened to during the day. Um, so that helps as well. Cause I'm a light worker myself. I just, sometimes it's hard to read, of mm-hmm. course, your own frequency of what's going on energetically. So sure. to talk to people like one, yourself. One thing I would throw in there is that with those prayers, um, yeah. make, make sure that you feel that prayer in your core. Yes. Feel, it, feel it as deeply inside as truth as possible. Okay. And that's going to help to really pull it out and make it something that really starts to change uh, your life for you by, by truly, truly feeling it. Do you feel like it'll like be a couple of weeks with this or is this just like, you know, is this months of it? I don't even know. <laughs> it's different for everybody. Everybody's yeah. different. It depends on what it is that you have going on. I, I know it sounds kind of hokey because it's just kind of like, well, it, it is what it is. But yes. in, in reality, it, it actually kind of is that way because we're all so different. We're all so unique. And, yes. and your, your experience and what you're going through is, is totally different from anybody else. And just That's have right. patience with yourself. Have patience with the process. Try not to have expectations and just be as open That's as you right. can. Yeah, that makes sense. And be friends with myself. Be kind to myself. That goes Ooh, along with being one. not being. Oh, yeah. yeah. With being patient, for sure. Yes. Okay. I got this. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, Amala. Thank you for calling in tonight. Thank you so much. Thanks, Eric, for the show. Thank you both. You're you're welcome. Thank you. Cool. Cool. Cool beans. So, Michael, let's get back to 
I would like to hear a little bit more about the Reiki. Um, now, I know that I was sharing earlier about what the experience was like. And again, so after being a healer myself for probably a long time, but consciously for the last 21 years, mm-hmm. again, having that experience just blew my mind you know now on that particular day it was beautiful it was powerful and as I shared I felt floaty not just for that day but for a while and then when the eggshell started to crack open it was like wow and I would liken it to (laughs) well beyond wow but we'll keep it clean here (laughs) yeah we have um one one of the planetary aspects we have going on right now is what we know as Pluto retrograde. And this planet, as we know, it's the slowest one. It's the furthest one out. It's been going backwards since the end of April. And Pluto retrograde specifically has been doing is it's opened that quiet closet door that we prefer to leave our skeletons in and all other things that we, it's like, oh, I'll look at that another time when I'm ready. And Pluto says, no, you're doing it now. And now's the time. (laughs) And so then here comes the flashlight and everything else. And so it's, it compares to like unpacking a suitcase that I didn't, it's like, I don't want this. I don't, I'm not ready for this. And I think that it's cool to share this because even though we do what we do, we have the gifts that we have. It doesn't always mean that we're openly accepting and receiving and oh love and light this is so great that's not that's kind of like not my experience with it and one thing that Amala had shared is that you know she and I this is universal for all of us it's I know for me if I'm going through something I am not objective with myself and I will usually figure out more or less you know what is it that I need exactly? Do I need um, do I need a healing? What kind of healing might that be? Or do I just need to talk with somebody just to process through it? Whatever the case might be, it's mm-hmm. it really is part of our palette to reach outside of ourselves to have another set of eyes look in and maybe help us with something that you know. Sometimes we think. The problem is the problem according to our perception, but yet when we have that healing experience, here comes the curveball. And so this is kind of what your healing did with me because it um, it shed light on some of my own personal dark corners and it helped me to look at myself. And it's also been that process of the forgiveness and the releasing and the gratitude and it's powerful. I don't know that. Um, I don't know that the recipients of Reiki completely understand what they've just tuned into. <laughs> what did they just sign up for? <laughs> so, <laughs> what has the feedback been like for you? Otherwise, has it sounds like it's been similar? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it has been similar, um, and a lot of it is because in, in, in my own work, <clears throat> I've realized uh, the, the importance of being able to dive into your personal darkness and, um, mm-hmm. you know, have your, have your dark nights of the soul situations. Um, I've had plenty, and they suck. 
Mm-hmm. They do. <laughs> to be perfectly candid. Um, and, and they don't just last a night. You know, they can last weeks. They can last months. Um, but it's, it's a necessary part of growth. And it's, it's kind of like the shamanistic type of work where it's like if you really, truly want to heal – or you have something that's going on that you just want to change within yourself, you have to have the courage to dive into that spot, to dive into that space, pull out, or at least like shine a light on that thing that's sitting in the corner um, that doesn't want to be seen. And when you shine the light mm-hmm. on it, suddenly it goes, whoop, you know, and it zips over to the other side. You're like, wait, where'd you go? <laughs> you know, get back over here. Um, and then you, you, you illuminate that light within yourself by having this, having the desire and the intention of wanting to change or heal or whatever it is. And that alone starts a chain reaction. Um, mm-hmm. Everything being energy, frequency, and vibration, having thoughts are magnetic by nature, therefore. So you, you draw experiences to you. And when you have the intention to want to heal truly from your heart, you're going to start to have those things happen. And a lot of people get kind of freaked out because it, it does open up. Um, it does open up those parts of yourself that are pretty scary to look at sometimes. Um, but if you really truly want to have that experience and truly heal those things, that's where courage and strength comes from is, is knowing that you're going to bring those things to the surface, but they're going to allow you to look at them face to face and see them for what they really are. And that's a lot of what I, I do with my sessions when I'm working on people is I'll usually spend about 15, 20 minutes before the session just to have them talk about, have the client talk about what it is that's going on with them that they want to work on. And based on what it is they tell me, I can figure out kind of, okay, which energy center would it be or chakra, whatever you want to call it? Um, mm-hmm. What is it associated with? And then as I do, my sessions, whether it's distance or personal, I'll go through and focus on that specific energy center. And I will visualize and with my intentions, visualize the energy going through and pulling that darkness out. And as it gets pulled out, I'm filling that space with light. And that doesn't mean that it out and therefore it's gone and yay, I'm happy. <laughs> it means that it's bringing it to the surface and allowing the individual, the client to work on that specific thing. And how it actually ends up happening is I, I have nothing to do with that part. I'm basically just helping to facilitate the energy to move and helping to bring it to the surface and, it, and through the client's intention to wanting to heal or to, uh, to change something about themselves. That's what allows the, the true healing work to begin. Um, and I'm just a facilitator helping to, to move that energy so that they can, they can have that experience and bring it forward for themselves and then be able to transcend it. That's beautiful. Yes. And along the way of my journey of all kinds of things, and more specifically, though, taking classes within the esoterics, varying from prana healing to spiritual response therapy, theta healing, and so forth. In my case, I have blended all of those things into the tool of the spiritual response therapy. And what's beautiful is it works, that works with a set of 32 charts. 
and using the pendulum and identifying specifically very specific things that identifies percentages, past lives, energies going on within the person. You know, I can, depending on what the person needs, wherever I'm being directed to go to, including the chakras, cords, hooks, mm -hmm. hardware, software, remote viewing, audio files. It goes layers and layers and layers deep. And one of the things that's always really important to me that I wanted to share about your work is this, understanding and being very clear, not feeling it, but being very clear that you are the facilitator. So when it was when I took Theta Healing, and that was in 13, I took Theta Healing. And it was beautiful because the the person that put this together, Viana Steibel, she she of course took over the modality from someone else and then recreated it and made it her own basically. And so she identifies like sort of in staircase fashion the seven different steps between us and creator. She's Native American. So when we were talking about terminologies earlier, you know, God, source, whomever, she connects mm -hmm. with creator of all that is. And so she teaches students, you know, what is what is the first plane of existence, the second, all the way up to the seventh. Number seven is the powerful one. So for, from there, she teaches the students, we the facilitators, to connect with that one pure energy first and then through that energy, and people do hear me say through creator, through source, whatever their comfort, comfort level is with terminology, through creator, let's do this. Through creator, let's do that. And that way, it keeps the energy pure. It's a filter. And those directions are going through creator to the individual person. They're not going from me personally to that person. Because now that's we're, now we're talking about a whole different energy. And so yeah. when I had connected with you, that's why I, it was so important to me to understand what is the energy you connect with? How do you connect? And for all of these spotty times that I had heard about Reiki, you were the first and only one that identified that to me. And then it was like, okay. Interesting. Now... Now I felt comfortable in inviting that energy in because prior to that, you know, random people would explain They wouldn't explain Reiki directly. They simply said, oh, I just send you energy. I'm sending you my energy. And it's like, well, I don't want your energy. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to clean up my own. <laughs> Let's, yeah. I, want, yeah, I don't yeah. want your stuff. So yeah. when you presented that, it was like, oh, he uses the filter. Ah. Okay, we can do this. Yeah. And then with, you know, what resulted after the fact, it was like, oh, holy cow, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> Very much so. Well, you know what, Michael? It looks like we're just about nearing the end of the show here. Would you like to go ahead and share your website again with all the listeners? Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. It's uh, Tetra tetra-healing.com so t-e-t-r-a and then the dash not the word dash <laughs> uh healing.com <laughs> tetra-healing.com beautiful and my website is journeywithstephanie.com and for all the listeners you can find these links on the show page so michael thank you so much for being my guest tonight 
Thank you so much for having me. This has been absolutely awesome. I really appreciate it. Oh, gosh, you're very welcome. And if you're you looking like for a little guidance, oh. with the wrong button, I'm so sorry. Good Lord. And I'm, I'm, Jared, just, uh, I'm sitting here listening to every word you have, and I'm like, I've got to press the right button. I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> well, that sounded like a fun one. Yeah, it's totally fun, but not yours. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Funny, funny. Well, maybe, Michael, do you have any parting words? Real short. Um, uh, I, w- I would say that, uh, you know, just for everybody, like like I said, love, forgiveness, and gratitude. Those are the three, to me personally, the three most powerful, most important uh, forms of vibration that we can put out into the universe within ourselves. Love, forgiveness, and gratitude. Um just try to vibrate with those as much as possible. And it's okay if you don't. The darkness is a tool. Don't be afraid of it. Um, and just move forward to the best of your ability with everything that you have. Oh, that's beautiful. And I love to promote love. Love is the strongest energy on the planet. And it's, it's a gift from source, from creator to humans. And this is what heals us. And yes, making friends with the darkness, because that's still a part of us. That's what makes us who we are. And like you say, the love, the forgiveness, the gratitude. I loved Amala's the Ho'oponopono prayer. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. Beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful and amazing. So, well, I look forward to having you back on as a guest, likely in the new year. So this will be exciting. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. And thank you, Garrett. Thank you for thank you. hosting the show tonight. Yeah, thanks, Garrett. Here's the right music for that outro. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great job, Michael. Really proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Yep. Thanks, guys. Bye.